look at them go. Praise the Lord. Genesis chapter number three. We will conclude chapter three today. Lord willing, we will get through all the rest of it. Let me just say this this morning as an introduction to this passage of Scripture. There is a, there is a tremendous amount of debate. There is a tremendous amount of writing concerning the first three chapters of the book of Genesis. Some to the point to declare that most of it is mythological. Others share that it is not just mythological, but it is also um, probably more from... The word that I'm trying to find is um, on the on the on the line of untruth that it is that it is not correct. Well, let me say this about Genesis chapter one, Genesis chapter two, and Genesis chapter three. Genesis chapter one outlines for us all of creation. Uh, from beginning all the way through to the end as it is outlined in each of its aspects. Chapter number two is the detail behind portions of that creation that we see with the creation of man. We come to chapter number three. We find in chapter number three what is known as a catastrophic fall. And my dear friend, let me share something with you this morning. It is a catastrophic fall. Because of the eternal consequences that come as a result of that fall. I'm not here this morning to debate with you whether or not Genesis chapter 3, uh, whether or not it's, it's true or not. I will say from this pulpit, from my mouth to you, it is true. And it is true because it's written in the Word of God. Chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3 are true just the way that they're recorded so when we come to chapter 3, we're going to pick up in verse 14. We're going to read down through verse 24. So as a result of Adam and Eve partaking of the fruit, an interesting thing, when God came looking for them, it was not that God had a problem finding them. He knew exactly where they were. But he came looking for the man. He came looking for Adam. Not for Eve, but for Adam. And so as we come to verse 14, we pick up as the scene continues to unfold. The Lord said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you more than all cattle, and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you will go, and dust you will eat all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise you on the head, and you shall bruise him on the heel." To the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your pain and childbirth. In pain you will bring forth children, yet your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. And then to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree, about which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In toil you will eat of it. All the days of your life. But thorns and thistles it shall grow for you. And you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you will eat bread. Till you return to the ground. Because from it 
you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Now the man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all the living. And the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. And then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. And now he might stretch out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out from the garden of Eden to cultivate the ground from which he was taken. And so he drove the man out. And at the east of the garden of Eden, he stationed the cherubim and the flaming sword, which turned every direction to guard the way to the tree of life. Would you pray with me, please? Father, we pray that you would bless the reading of your word. Father, I pray this morning that it will accomplish what you intend for it to. Father, knowing your promise and your word that it says it will not return to you void. And Father, we know the power of your word. And so, Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit would use your word this morning to bring conviction to our hearts. Father, as we see ourselves before a holy God, and I pray for the one that may be here today that does not know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, that, Father, today their life would forever change. And so, Father, this time we pray now for the service. Father, may you be exalted, glorified, and honored through it all. And it's in Jesus' name we pray and ask it. Amen. So, I said all of that to say this, no matter how hard people try to do away with dominion, agonizing labor, painful childbearing, and death, these will continue until it all comes to an end. Why? Because sin is present with us. We wonder sometimes why difficulties, we wonder sometimes why things in the world today, evil just seems to abound and it just seems to get worse and worse and worse. I will tell you why, because the scripture allows us to see the very reason why that is, it's because of sin. And this morning, the account of Adam and Eve is no myth. It's not something that's just been made up, it's not folklore, it is not legend, it is the truth of the word of God. And so all of these things, the dominion, the agonizing labor, the painful childbearing, death, all of those things are consequences of sin. None of that was present until the sin occurred in the Garden of Eden. And so as a result of that, we deal with it every day. All mankind, I don't care who you are, all mankind is affected by what Adam did. Every one of us are. And so when we consider the magnitude of what happened in the Garden of Eden and we see where things are today, what do we do? One of the interesting things that you see, though, in verse 23 and verse 24, Adam and Eve did continue a life outside the Garden, but it was a mere shadow of life inside Eden. Those things that they experienced and those things that they witnessed inside the Garden of Eden probably goes beyond very much that we could ever imagine what that would have been like. Adam walking in the cool of the day, Adam and Eve walking in the cool of the day in the presence of the Lord, in a, in a relationship with him that was perfect. There was no sin in place. 
this garden that was made that was very good that Adam and Eve were placed into. And as they were placed into this garden and the job that Adam had of husbanding the Garden of Eden and taking care of it and tending to it, we can only imagine what that must have been like prior to the fall. After the fall, God sends them outside of the garden into a life where now, as a result of sin, they would have to deal with all of those things that would come. And at the entrance to the Garden of Eden, God places the cherubim there to guard it so they can't enter back into the Garden of Eden where the tree of life existed. For what reason? God was concerned that the possibility existed if they had access to the tree of life that they might touch it and take of the fruit and eat of it. And then things would be difficult for man. This morning, the full cost of sin is apparent. Look around you. Look at us. How many of us deal with it every day? Every one of us in here. We all do. We all deal with the consequences of that sin. But my dear friend, there's one this morning that I want to concentrate and focus on that comes as a result of Genesis chapter number 3. And it is the truth. We can sit here and debate Genesis 1 through 11. We can debate Genesis chapter 1 through chapter number 3. But at the end of the day, it doesn't change the fact of what occurred in the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter number 3. And so as a result of the sin that occurred in Genesis chapter 3, sin and death passed upon all men. So I don't care who you are today. We all stand guilty before a holy God. All mankind is affected by what Adam did. And so what I want to do this morning is show you from the Word of God why that is. Turn with me to Romans chapter 5 and verse number 12. Romans chapter 5 and verse number 12. All mankind is affected by what Adam did. Romans chapter 5 and verse number 12. I still hear a few pages turning, which is good. Romans chapter 5 and verse number 12, and it says, Therefore, and everything Paul has just spoken of from chapter 1 through chapter 4, in the first part of chapter 5, he comes to verse number 12 and he says, Therefore, here is something he wants you to fully comprehend and understand. Just as through one man, that one man is Adam, So just as through one man sinned, entered into the world, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. I want you to make sure that you see that. Why? Because all sinned. Just as by one man, Adam, sin and death came upon all men, it entered into the world. Flip over to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Paul continues the subject. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. First Corinthians chapter 15 verse 20 through verse 22. 
1 Corinthians 15, verse 20 through verse 22. But now Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who are asleep. For since by a man came death, Adam, by a man also came the resurrection of the dead, Jesus Christ. Verse 22, for as in Adam all die. There's no escaping it. It's coming. It's going to happen. I don't care who you are. And here's, here's the summary of it all. To die without Jesus Christ places you at the place that you stand before a holy and a righteous God as a sinner. Not in the blood of Jesus Christ, not in the work of Jesus Christ, but you stand there completely within yourself. Why? Because you have rejected the very Son of God Himself. So just as by one man sin entered into the world, and so therefore death passed upon all men because we've all sinned, just as by one man sin came and death came, so by one man also came life. His name is Jesus Christ. So what do we pull from Romans chapter 5 and 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that is so important? Let me give you the results of Adam's sin this morning. Number one, sin came into the world. As a result of sin coming into the world, we're all guilty. Where I read from John chapter 3 this morning as Jesus was speaking with Nicodemus. He didn't deal with all of the intricacies. He didn't debate Judaism with him. He didn't go into any debates of theological issues at all. Here's what Jesus told Nicodemus. He said, you must be born again. Over and over, he had that conversation with Nicodemus. You must be born again. Nicodemus struggled with it. Being a Pharisee, understanding the law, knowing the law, Nicodemus struggled with what Jesus told him. Because the question then came, well, how can a man be born a second time. He just doesn't understand that because according to the law, Nicodemus had already completed everything that the law stated for this new birth to occur. So it's something new that he heard. My dear friend, listen to me. In order to stand before a holy God and to be able to stand there complete in him, there's only one way you can do that, and that's through Jesus Christ. But we're all sinners, every one of us, myself included. Even though some of the kids go, the preacher doesn't sin. The preacher can't be a sinner. My dear friend, I am. We all are. The difference today is I've been saved by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. So I stand before him in his grace. I don't stand before a holy God today with inside of my own righteousness and who I am. I stand in front of him today because of Jesus Christ. And I can come boldly to the throne of grace. But sin came into the world. Look around you. Look at what's going on in the world today. I will tell you, it's the result of sin. The evilness, the immorality, all of those things. We could list them all out today. But I'm not here to list them all out today just to say to you that sin was a consequence of Genesis chapter number 3. Number 2. Death came into the world. Death came into the world through sin. As a result of sin, 
death comes. Of course, the scripture speaks of a spiritual and a physical death. We see in the separation of Adam and Eve from the presence of the Lord when they're taken and removed and placed outside of the Garden of Eden. Physical death it came. Matter of fact, we know that Adam and Eve lived for a few years longer after this. You can go back and read Genesis. But eventually, they died. Eventually, they succumbed to death. You say, well, how do you know that? Well, God told Adam. He said, just as you were created and brought forth from the dust, you're going to return back to the dust because that's where you came from. Every one of us in this building this morning, I don't care who you are, at some point in time, that event on the calendar is going to visit your door. And the question is, are you prepared for that day when it comes? Are you ready for that day when it comes to your own life? And let me warn you with something else this morning. We don't know when that will be. Matter of fact, even as I look at my, as I look at my own life, I'm thankful that God has given me the number of years that he's given me. I don't know how many more that I have left, but all you've got to do is watch the news, pick up the newspaper, look at your social media today. Death is no respecter of age or person. And I would have ventured to say that probably many of those younger ones who died at a young age, when they left their home that morning or that evening, they expected very well to be back home in their in their surroundings the next day. But they weren't. Why? Death came. Death came. So let me ask you a question this morning. Are you ready for that day? You ready for death in your own life? Death came into the world as a result of sin. It's one of the consequences. And then number three is death passed upon all men. All of us. I know I'm not going to live forever. Those years just keep ticking by. And you wonder how many more you're going to have left. But here's what's important. This is the most important thing that you could hold on to in your life. When it comes to the end, and it's all said and done, where will you be? What will you have accomplished? My question would be, what purpose did you have for living? I know what my purpose is. And my purpose is not just to stand and preach. That's one of the things that God's called me to do. But I will tell you, what I get an opportunity to do every single day is to praise Him and to honor Him and to glorify Him because of what He did for me, not what I've done for Him. So at the end of the day, when we look back on our life, what purpose did we serve? Sure, we've helped here, we've helped there, we've served here, we've served here. But at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, it's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but it's all based upon what Jesus Christ did for us. That's where it is. That's where the purpose is. That's where the importance is. You see, sin was the door through which death entered. 
both physical and spiritual. That separation between us and God that occurred because of the sin of Adam and Eve. Not only a spiritual death, but a physical death. We're all going to die one day, and we know that. You see it happen every day. Drive up and down the road, there are cemeteries everywhere. It's a constant reminder of what? That death is real. That death is real. You see, the first man disobeyed God and led the entire human race in the wrong direction. You ever considered that? You know, sometimes I think we just, we, we've heard it so much. I think we've, we've lost sight of just really what that means. The condition that we find ourselves in, this first man disobeyed God. Who was that Adam? The second man was obedient and provides justification for all who turn to him in faith. Now let me caution you with something right here. There is a teaching out there today. And basically the teaching says this. We're all going to get there anyway. Because Jesus Christ did die for us. My dear friend, let me caution you with something. Yes, he did. He did die for us. But here's one of the things I want you to remember. But we must turn to him by faith, believing he's who he claims that he is. It's not a proxy. His death on the cross of Calvary, my dear friend, doesn't just cover every single human being that's out there today. And we're all going to get there one day when it's all said and done. So what happens? So where do we go from here? Well, I'm not going to leave you hanging. I think only by understanding the seriousness of the first, you're able to fully comprehend the magnitude of the second. Brother Robert, what do you mean? When we understand the seriousness of the first, Adam in his sin. Then we're able to appreciate the magnitude of the second. The song we sang this morning, yet not I, but Christ in me. Oh, what a holy God. Trust Jesus. I mean, we sing those songs and, 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 and we lift them up to the Lord. But I want to ask you a question. When's the last time we just sat and carefully considered the magnitude of what we have in Jesus Christ? You see, the cause of our sinful nature is the result of Adam's sin. That's who we are. The means and the extent of access to God's presence was completely altered because of sin. The understand that Adam and Eve had in the cool of the day spent time in relationship and fellowshiping with God on a daily basis. And it was altered as a result of that sin. Placed outside the garden. It was altered because of sin. But I love this part. You ready? But divine mercy overtook Adam and Eve. The result, turn with me to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter number 3. 
Romans chapter 3, verse 21 through verse 23. Romans chapter 1, verse 21 through verse 23. Please, please look at these words as we read them together. Verse 21. But now apart from the law... The righteousness of God has been manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all those who believe. For there is no distinction. Verse 23 is what I want you to see. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Let me tell you what that means. It doesn't matter how much effort you put into it. You will always come up short on your end. Why? Because it's not about you. It's not about what we've done. It's not about how good I am. It's not about how many works I've done. It's not about how much money I've given. It's not about how many church roles I have my name listed on. It's not about how many times I come to church. It is not about how many times I read my Bible. It's not about how many times I might mess up. It's all about Him. As a result of the fall in Genesis chapter number 3, the eternal consequences that came as a result of that, We deal with even today and will continue to do so. But Paul also goes on in that same book, chapter 6 and verse 23. It's what I want you to see also this morning, chapter 6 and verse 23. And we all know what wages are. It's what we're paid And so I want you to notice as Paul writes in chapter 6 and verse 23, for the wages of sin is what? It's death. The wages of sin is death. But I want you to notice the next part of verse 23. But the free gift of God, it's a what? Free gift. So what does free mean? You can't pay for it. You can't work for it. Not anything you can do for it. Let me tell you why. Because it didn't come from you. It didn't come from you. The Father in His love and His grace and His mercy sent His Son to die and take our place for something that you and I could not pay for. We could not pay the debt that was necessary for the sin of Genesis chapter number 3. We could not do it. We still can't. The skin with which God clothed Adam and Eve perpetually reminded them of God's provision. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 21, God clothed them. They realized their condition before God. They realized their standing before God. God clothed them. Perpetually reminded them of God's provision. God clothed them. So therefore, 
Something had to die to get the skins to clothe Adam and Eve. Hmm. You ready for this? <laughs> Hold your seats. And just as God provided for Adam and Eve, He has provided for us as well. In what way? As a child of God, you ready for this? As a child of God, I stand before him in the righteousness and the blood of Jesus Christ, not my own. Jesus Christ is the provision. Jesus Christ is our rest. Jesus Christ is who we need. And my dear friend, I guess something I struggle with, I'll struggle with from now till the day I die until Jesus Christ calls me home. And here's what I struggle with. And I, and I don't understand. The only, the only way I can answer it is this way. It's the same thing that Satan accomplished in the Garden of Eden. He's still accomplishing today. Because here's what I, here's what I just can't get my hands around. God did this for you. Because you can't do it on your own. He loved you so much he sent his son to take your place. Because he knew you couldn't do it. But I guess what, what, what bothers me more than anything else is the number of individuals who will hear that and turn around and walk away from Jesus Christ because they just don't believe they need it. My dear friend, if I can, please listen to me. I plead with you from my own heart. There's not another answer. The only answer is Jesus Christ in him alone. In him alone. In Christ alone. That is, and he is the only answer. You're probably wondering, okay, I hear that, so what's necessary for me? Well, Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and verse number 10 gives us the answer. So what do we do of who we are? Romans chapter 10, beginning in verse number 8, I want you to notice what Paul writes. He says, but what does it say? The word is near you. In your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we are preaching. Here it comes in verse number 9. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. For with the heart a person believes. Resulting in righteousness. And with the mouth he confesses. Resulting in salvation. Verse 11, for the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. And then verse 13, for whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. So you don't have to worry about where you are. You don't have to worry about who you are. Because God will do all the rest. Because it's a gift of grace you can't afford. 
And you say, yeah, but you don't know. You, you don't know who I am. You don't know what's in my life. You don't know what's in my path or in my past. Well, I tell you what, you don't know mine either. See, I didn't get saved till later in life. Let me tell you why. I was one of those skeptics. I was one of those who were so critical to everything that had to do with church, God, and everything else. Because I thought I knew the answers. Matter of fact, I was often referred to, growing up as a boy, okay, that I was the only hard-headed boy that was so hard-headed that he could hit his head against a brick wall and it would crack all the blocks or the bricks. Because I thought I knew everything. But an individual began to invite me to lunch. He began to invite me to lunch, and here's what he did. He just began to have a conversation with me about life. And before long, it led to a discussion about Jesus Christ. The rest is history. My friend, it's because someone took an interest. Let me ask you a question. The world today is full of people who need Jesus Christ. How many of us are willing and ready to engage in a conversation with them? Huh? But watch this. But before you can do that, you got to know him. So my question to you this morning in closing this message is, is this. It's very simple. Death's coming to you. It's going to happen. I hear people say this all the time. Well, you know, preacher, you ain't got to worry about me. God and I got this thing figured out. My only question to you is this. Do you personally know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Because if you do, because if you do, you ready for this? You'll love his church. You'll love his world. And you'll love his people. Do you know him today? If you don't, if you don't, please don't leave here today without him. Let's bow our heads together in prayer. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet as we pray this morning. Brother Red's going to come lead us in a time of invitation. Here, I look to you. I ask you this morning, do you know him? If you don't, today could be the day to forever change your life. I'd love to meet you at the front, okay? I've been there, okay? I, I know, okay? I know what life's about. But do you know him today?